Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WWE reportedly releases Braun Strowman and other superstars. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, and Santana Garrett were all released today from the WWE. It was reported earlier this week that these releases were being made due to budget cuts. These come after an initial round of talent cuts in mid-April, another round of talent cuts in mid-May, and a number of significant office-slash-corporate departures in May that were a part of a major restructuring. A lot of news coming out of this, obviously coming from today. Uh, and obviously Braun Strowman being the headliner of uh, the reported releases, but also you have Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, Lana Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett, all these names uh, need to be remembered as now they're going to move on to hopefully bigger, better things. And I'm going to be talking about that after the break later on in this podcast. So make sure you stay tuned throughout the whole way. But let's get through the rest of this news and also talk about some last night's NXT Poppy returning to WWE NXT. Next Tuesday, NXT's episode will feature the return of the musician. There's no word yet on what WWE has planned for Poppy, but there's some speculation on Poppy possibly returning for a in-ring career. Uh, maybe not career per se, but at least for an in-ring moment. Uh, there has been some social media talks with Poppy going back and forth with Candice LeRae on Twitter. Also Poppy talking with T- Triple H as well. i rather NXT not use their current women's tag team champions in a storyline here for the sake of getting Poppy on uh, television, at least for the pay-per-view, at least for uh, NXT TakeOver in your house. But and I was once again, I said, you know, the, the NXT can definitely book uh, the women's tag team division a lot better better than WWE can, but maybe they're going to make me put my foot in my mouth here. Don't make me do that, NXT. Definitely don't make me do that. Speaking of NXT, let's get into last night's show review for uh, Tuesday Night NXT. Surprising that they started off the show with Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Johnny Gargano, and that winner of that match takes on Karrion Cross at NXT TakeOver in your house for the NXT Championship. A little surprising that they put this match on first, but as the match unfolds, we understand kind of why it was put on first. So, O'Reilly jumps the bell, but is dropped by Pete Dunne. All three are tangled up in submissions early on. Dunne looks for a double submission on the arms of his opponents. Uh, The match really feels like a triple threat match. It feels like a true three-way with three-way action happening all the time. Usually, you have one guy roll out the ring, and it's a one-on-one for a little bit, and then the other guy comes in, and it's a one-on-one again. Throughout the most beginning and middle parts of this match, it was truly a three-way match where all three competitors were continuously involved at all times. Huge back and forth spots throughout. Dunn connects with the bitter end, and O'Reilly breaks out the pin with a knee from the top rope. Adam Cole enters and attacks everyone. We haven't seen him in quite some time. William Regal enters and demands Adam Cole to leave. The match ends in a no contest, and we'll see later on the night what will be the fate of the NXT Championship and Karrion Cross at NXT TakeOver. In your house. Still a lot more story to be told there. And I'll give my full thoughts when the full story is told. But either way, fantastic match. And truly felt like a a three-way match. It didn't feel like uh, how WWE usually books a triple threat. Where, as I mentioned, one-on-one. A guy's rolled on the outside, sleeping on the outside. Then comes back in a little bit later. Constant, constant three-way action. 
Ember Moon calls out Raquel Gonzalez. Regal really had his hands full in the early part of this episode of NXT. Regal trying to stop Raquel Gonzalez from going out to Ember Moon after she was called out. Uh, but she still heads for the ring anyway. Uh, Ridley and Regal prior to this was trying to get Adam Cole out of the building. And uh, really, <laughs> Regal and his security team really getting their money's worth today. Moon throws Gonzalez out of the ring. With the security and William Regal distracted, Dakota Kai attacks Ember Moon from behind. This is chaos, absolute chaos in the first 30 minutes of NXT, but it was a controlled chaos in a sense. It wasn't rolling off the rails or anything like that. It wasn't like the show was, it was it, this was planned, obviously, and it wasn't like the show was rolling off the rails and couldn't gain control of it, but that's what it appeared to be like on TV. That's what they were trying to portray, that they, these superstars and these uh, NXT talent are just going at each other so hard that uh, not even security can keep them apart. So I thought that was a great, great, great way to start off the first 30 minutes of NXT, and the rest of that episode was great too, but my first full page of notes here had me on the edge of my seat that stayed true for the, the rest of the night. Moving on to our next match, LA Knight versus Jake Atlas. And I, I don't really talk about Jake Atlas a lot, but I, when I harken back to the NXT's Booking Perfect episode of the podcast, uh, I didn't talk about every person individually, but I, I mentioned a point saying that everyone kind of knows their role in NXT and where they currently stand. Jake Atlas... I guess is the only one that really doesn't have the most secure role at the moment. But Jake Atlas, his role is to be supplemental into other people's storylines, which is honestly one of the best roles because you're, you're able to be so versatile in the sense where you can work with this person, work with that person, help get this person over, give this person a victory, and possibly even get your own self over by being able to do that, being found in so many different ways, shapes, and forms. So it, it, it could all work out for you if that's your, your route. Uh, he obviously doesn't have a storyline of his own to call his own at the moment, but Atlas sort of weaving his way in and out of, uh, of other people's actions. So uh, let's get into this match. Atlas off to a hot start until uh, caught by a reverse cutter. Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, enters. Uh, Knight easily distracted and almost pinned by Jake Atlas, but not in the early part of this matchup. Knight tries to lock in the million dollar dream, Ted DiBiase's finishing move throughout his career, but Atlas finds a second win. To the moon chance from the NXT crowd, Cameron Grimes enters and has a conversation with DiBiase. A cartwheel DDT for Atlas to pick up the win off of the distraction. Ted DiBiase shakes his head and walks away with Cameron Grimes. A match is set for... NXT TakeOver in your house between LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. Uh, a matchup that it, it has been built perfectly for <laughs> NXT TakeOver. And that uh, should be a fun one. Cameron Grimes gets a, a TakeOver match. LA Knight gets a TakeOver match. And uh, both with a legitimate storyline heading into it with the million dollar idea behind it. DiBiase obviously being a big factor of that as well. And Jake Atlas gets a win here in this case. Weaving himself in and out of storylines but continuously getting himself some victories in the process. Building himself up to whatever championship he might be looking forward. uh, Going towards in that case whether it's the Cruiserweight, whether it is the North American Championship. Whatever it may be, Jake Atlas is putting himself in a good spot here. So go to NXT because now everyone's moving forward in in a good direction atlas gets the win knight gets even though he loses here he gets a takeover match and cameron grimes stays on television as well 
for another week in a row. And now going to see him in a takeover match as well against LA Knight. And uh, as Cameron Grimes continues to climb up this ladder, we could find him with another North American Championship uh, opportunity as well. Adam Cole comes out and he cuts a promo of his own, believes that he is the number one contender for the NXT Championships and harkens back to his previous reign as NXT Champion. Karrion Cross enters and Cole calls him overrated and uh, calls him just a muscle head and then even cites his entrance uh, trying to tell us that NXT is trying to tell us that uh, Karrion Cross is being built up uh, in, in every way, shape, and form to try to get him over. You had the fog machine, you had the girl, you had the fantastic entrance, everything, everything, everything put into the palms of the hands of Karrion Cross. Meanwhile, all Adam Cole has to do is let that bell ring, and then the Adam Cole show starts once that bell rings in ring action, is what Adam Cole is talking about there. Cross obviously upset at the comments from Adam Cole. Uh, William Regal comes out and William Regal says, no, this is not going to be a, a one-on-one match. You're, you're not going to bait him into uh, saying that he wants a one-on-one match. Karrion Cross agrees with that from that standpoint, but makes it kind of worse on himself, but intentionally, as Karrion Cross willing to take on all comers, Cross calls for a fatal five-way match at NXT TakeOver In Your House. The five being himself, Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, and then the three that were involved in the triple threat match uh, to start the show. Pete Dunne, Calorati, and Johnny Gargano. Fatal five-way match at TakeOver. Oh my goodness. Now, I would have been more excited to see Cross, Adam Cole one-on-one than this fatal five-way match. I also would have been very excited to see Cross and Johnny Gargano. I would have been excited to see that there as well. But th- I think this is a, is a good stepping stone in a direction of uh, moving forward past this takeover, because if they did, I think they want they don't want to move the belt off across yet. The way 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 too soon, especially after his injury and now finally getting that title back. He needs to make up some time with it and doing something real with it. And for him to now have this fatal five way, he gets to go against both Gargano and Cole at the same time. So I, I, I do want to see a one-on-one at some point because I feel like those those are where the best matches lie. You know, it's a lot difficult to make a, a great match with five people than it is to make a great match with uh, one person. It's been done before in the past in NXT multiple times, but uh, I, I'd rather see the one-on-ones. But either way, excited for this matchup, but uh, I feel like it, it, it lends to the idea that Karrion Cross is probably going to retain instead of uh, dropping the championship. Even though more people are involved, obviously, I, f- I feel like even though the more people are involved, it lends more to the idea that, that Karrion Cross is going to look more dominant coming out of it, being able to defeat all comers. All comers. Moving on to our next match, Kushida versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Kushida, the champion coming into this one. Carmelo Hayes, if you don't recognize that name, previously going by Christian Casanova. You might remember him as that as he uh, has been around the world of professional wrestling now in WWE and NXT. There's an open challenge by Kushida and Carmelo Hayes answering the call for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Hayes moving very fluid in the ring, which was great. Huge leg drop from Hayes as he's hot out of the gates. Hayes with a valiant effort, but the match uh, does not go in his favor with a kick to the arm and a hoverboard lock causing Kushida to retain. And Hayes shakes uh, Kushida's hand after the match. I I don't like to say 
uh, when a, a pro wrestler makes their start in NXT or with a company or something like that. And I've done this a couple times in assertively trying to make this effort here. I don't like to say, oh, they look great out the gate. Because, of course, everyone's going to look great out of the gate. Everyone's going to look awesome. Everyone's going to have be put over. They're going to get to get their moves out and everything like that early on. Because they're brand new to you. So everything they do is fresh and looks cool. And also, they're being built in that type of way by the company, by booking, to make them look in the best light possible. What I tried to base them on is how natural do they look in the ring how fluid do they look in the ring how are they on the microphone you know how do they present themselves to the audience instead of what they do it directly in ring action because obviously they're going to look great you know they're going to try their best to make them look as strong as possible you know you're supposed to be excited for a brand new star so yes they can do all the amazing moves in the world but if they look clunky on the, from between move to move especially during the basics uh, that's where I kind of see problems. I did not see any problems here from Carmelo Hayes. Uh, he looked very fluid. He looked fantastic. He looked like an absolute natural. So good on you, Carmelo Hayes. Moving on to our next match, The Way versus Zoe Starks and Zeta Ramir. Uh, the Way consisting of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, the two current NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. The ring cut in half on Ramir early on. Starks gains control off of a hot tag but doesn't last for long. Wicked Savage for the way to pick up the win and a definitive win at that. And, uh, you know, a good way to you know, not defeating another tag team in that sense. You're defeating two single stars there in Zoe Starks and Zeta Ramir, even though they're friends. Uh, technically, two single superstars in NXT for the way to get a victory on their road to uh, NXT TakeOver in your house. Still no word on who they'll be facing at NXT TakeOver in your house. Possibly Poppy, which would be a little, little mind-boggling, but that's okay. It's okay. We could be mind boggled for for a little bit. Hopefully that all that evens out and pans out fine because I don't want my foot in my mouth. Moving on to our main event, MSK versus Legado del Fantasma for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Mendoza wearing a protective mask for a nose injury caused by Tommaso Ciampa. Action falls outside with MSK in control. Legado del Fantasma cutting the ring in half on Wesley. A hot tag from Nash Carter in full control. A flipping push from MSK. Can't get them to win. I don't know the, the exact name of that move, but when you know, one of the guys flips and the other guy pushes them onto the guy when they're flipping in the air, it's called the flipping push or the pushing flip, whatever you want to call it. Huge drop kick from Mendoza. A shotgun drop kick onto Mendoza from uh, onto uh, Wesley. And Santos Escobar ringside, uh, who was sitting by the commentary table, not on commentary. He throws Wesley onto the ring steps while the ref was distracted, almost causing M MSK to lose the NXT Tag Team Championships to Legado de Fantasma. Bronson Reed enters and squishes Escobar against the barricade and the glass, almost like a like a hockey hockey press up. You you know you slam someone against the boards there. And uh, Bronson redid that uh, at his size against uh, Santos Escobar, which is a fun look. Tag team finisher from MSK to retain the NXT Tag Team Championships ending the show. Uh, great victory there from MSK. Great show from NXT. Uh, once again, a little surprise that they put on Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, and Johnny Gorgano early on to start the show. But I guess that obviously led to the Adam Cole situation and everything like that. Glad to see him back on television after being away. Uh, since prior to Stand and Deliver. He was out, away from quite some time. Oh, no, he was at, no, he was at Stand and Deliver. Yes, that's the match he had with Kyle O'Reilly, making all that sense. So, 
yeah, Adam Cole back in the title picture, of course, where he deserves. Pete Dunne deserves to be in a title picture. Kyle O'Reilly deserves to be in a title picture. Again, all, all of these guys deserve to be there because either all former champions or we're in pursuit of the championship with Finn Balor. Now with the new champion uh, involved in Karrion Cross, And I, I like the fact that Finn Balor is not involved here, uh, given the fact that you know we're seeing him again and again and again. I'm glad he's not involved. Uh, it's, it's relatively newer faces uh, that haven't been in the NXT championship title picture in quite some time, you know? when was the last time Adam Cole has been involved in that title picture besides that Finn Balor match you know uh, on an episode of NXT I'm talking about Finn uh, talking about uh, Adam Cole being at the top of NXT for a takeover hasn't been since Keith Lee hasn't been since a little bit after that after Karrion Cross got injured you know so uh, it's good to see him back involved. Uh, there should be no problem with that in anybody's eyes. And Gargano hasn't been involved in a long time, has been uh, involved with all the Way stuff. And uh, the more that he aligns himself with, with the Way, as he is the leader of it, but the more that he makes it like his branding, then the least less likely I see him winning the NXT Championship, to be honest with you. But uh, either way, Karrion Cross, I feel like he's going to be very, very strong and he's going to look very strong at the end of NXT TakeOver in your house. So... All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, some On This Day in Pro Wrestling, and of course, we're going to be talking about all the releases from WWE that they made today, going to go through all of them, where can they end up next, and then what does this mean for the WWE as a bigger conversation might be evolving. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on June 2nd, 2014, Seth Rollins would turn his back on the Shield and join sides with Triple H. This would be one of the most shocking heel turns and faction breakups in recent professional wrestling history. Today's episode was supposed to be all about the Shield on the second half of it on the Daily DDT Podcast. It was supposed to be about the Shield and their impact on pro wrestling and current resurgence, given the Young Bucks' call back to them at Double or Nothing. But of course, larger news prevails, as I have to rewrite my script for today. <laughs> well, not my script, but my notes for today. I have to transfer them over to what I'm going to do tomorrow, instead of being a half episode talking about The Shield. And uh, usually, you know, in the second parts of these podcasts, I like to talk about what's going on in the world and things of that nature. And I'll do that tomorrow, but not just for the second half, for the whole episode. So in the first half, I'll talk about where they are now, and obviously we know where they all are now because they're all at the top of their craft in the world of professional wrestling and uh, well, their cultural impact, of course. And and uh, that, that callback at, at Double or Nothing definitely was a, was was something special to see. But that will be all, of, all tomorrow, even though it's one day late after The Shield uh, broke up. But... It is what it is, given the fact that bigger news, as I mentioned, definitely prevails today as uh, WWE releases on an obviously sad day for fans, given almost every name on this list felt inevitable, but never had the trigger pulled on them, uh, and giving us hope, as I say all the time, uh, WWE allows us to emotionally invest in their characters just to get shot ourselves, just to get you know, sl- slapped in the face. No better the example at the moment than Aleister Black. Even he was surprised 
in his release as he wrote in a tweet, quote, I'm gathering my thoughts as this was a complete left field for me as obviously I'm just reading this verbatim and obviously he's reading that uh, he's tweeting out of passion. But, quote, I'm gathering my thoughts as this was a complete left field for me as obviously we just started the Dark Father character. But this was it. Thank you so much, WW Universe, for allowing me to create and give you small bits of myself. He was invested in the character. We were invested. I was in- invested, ready to see him launch a brand new start on the main roster with some time away. The vignettes, the appearances on SmackDown. Black was poised for something new. No matter if it was going to be a success or not, WWE didn't even give him a chance to prove if it was going to be a success or not, which hurts me even more because knowing that he, w- he was about to start something brand new to his whole career, the Dark Father character, Right. And it, it, it could have been something great. It could have been something really bad as well. But either way, they didn't even give him the chance. They didn't even give him a chance. You put how many weeks of, of you know, and, and SmackDown time is precious given it's only two hours. So you take up a segment and he even comes and invades on, on during a main event. You, you do all this stuff for him and now you just kick him to the curb. That really hurts for me. That really hurts for me more than than a lot of other people on this list. Not all all these people don't deserve to be fired at all. It's just it's a shame given that you gave him so much and now you took it all the way at the very same exact time. Every month seems to be a new wave of releases lately, which is sad. But following the pattern of how I've been covering it and me trying to lay a precedent of the internet wrestling community and the world of pro wrestling media coverage. Let's not focus on what could have been with these wrestlers like uh, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett. Let's not focus on what could have been and what they could have done with the WWE. Let's focus on what's next for these stars who were released today. And let's focus on the future. I feel like that's a better way to cope with these things when these happen so fast and so immediate. Especially when it's not for PR massacre reasons and things like that. So, let's start off with the headliner here of those released. Braun Strowman, released from the WWE today. And, well, I can tell you now that AEW and some indie circuits aren't going to be uh, the immediate option for Braun Strowman, given the harsh words Strowman had dished out over the previous years on, on Twitter. He seems like the perfect guy to land on impact for Slammiversary, but the 90-day non-compete clause would be too close at this point. And if if you want to think about it from another perspective, uh, if they don't want anything to do with him, if Impact doesn't want anything to do do with him, if AEW doesn't want anything to do with him, if the Indies don't want anything to do do with him, I think we could see Braun Strowman possibly becoming another Ryback. He was a WWE guy through and through from the beginning, and not even you know I don't even think he worked matches in, in the Indies. He he went straight to the WWE uh, from the jump. And now this his pro wrestling career and his possible end of it all might end with the WWE as well. Strowman could find his way to some movies. I'm thinking. I'm thinking outside of the WWE where he might be able to go. Uh, he might find his way to some movies given his size. You know, you could throw him in a Marvel movie. You know, something like that if he looks like a, a Marvel character or 
Just I'm spitballing here because uh, I really can't think of a spot Braun Strowman can go, given that he burned bridges with AEW, he burned bridges with the the independent circuit. Impact, as I mentioned, it could be a perfect fit, given that you know he, he's a big WWE guy and everybody recognizes the name, everybody recognizes the face, and he'll be able to work there no problem. Especially for uh, you know if if I don't even think the same same reversing ninety day non compete clause would, would wouldn't allow him to get there in time, but it, it really really is tough for Braun Strowman given the bridges that he's burned in the past. Also on another note, poor Bray Wyatt as well. Strowman is the godfather to Wyatt's son in real life, and uh, Strowman was able to work with Bray Wyatt throughout the pandemic. Uh, we saw the stuff that they did at Money in the Bank and Extreme Rules and things like that. All great. And uh, gut punch after gut punch for Bray Wyatt. Now it's just uh, no one can catch a break. You know he he can't catch a break for his sake. Uh, one thing after another. So I'm wishing him the best, knowing that his his good friend Braun Strowman just got released from the WWE. All right, moving on to our next talent that who was was released, Aleister Black. Well, the talent is through the roof for this guy. Black worked on the independent circuit under the ring name Tommy End, and that's what he has changed his uh, Insta- Instagram, I, I assume Instagram, but uh, his Twitter name is now Tommy End. And uh, he can go to AEW, sure, but I think he heads to Japan first and works some matches there. Uh, possibly uh, he could also go to NWA, he can go to MLW before AEW or Impact. I'm thinking a similar idea to Leo Rush's path, even though Aleister Black, very, very talented, you know, former NXT champion, things like that. I just don't see him right. I don't think the next time we see him is on AEW or on Impact. I think we probably see him in Japan first before anything else and then makes his way to AEW. That's what I'm thinking first. I'm thinking maybe Aleister Black works in a tournament in new japan something like that works for for a jacob or you know some some type of idea like that for for alistair black but uh either way he he can definitely make his way to AEW. he can definitely make his way to impact and i think he'll fit in pretty nice there for either company but i don't think that's the first place we'll see him right away uh uncomparatively so to lana where she was released today as well i think undoubtedly Undoubtedly, the first place you see her is AEW. I have in my notes here, AEW, AEW, AEW. And I mean, her husband is there. Miro is there. Will she wrestle there? Probably not. Will she even be under a hefty contract with some long-term years and things like that? Probably not. I don't think so either. I don't think she'll do much, if anything, on AEW. But the next place you'll see her on television is undoubtedly AEW, given her husband, Miro, who is also the current TNT champion, is also there. You can work fantastic storylines with that. It's you know you could do the same exact thing you did in WWE. You'd be honest with you. You have your the the guy and the guy's wife and the real life wife. If she wants to go, I think Tony Khan wouldn't bat an eye, given that it's his champions. You know TNT champions wife, and you want to work stories and stuff like that. I I see absolutely. No, no problem with that. I, I saw someone on Twitter tweet, you know, the Miro's the monster, but nothing is more scarier than a monster with his wife. You know, that that could work out great for Lana. But will she? Will we ever see her in ring again and having an actual match? Yeah, if the story calls for it. But will we see her do her own thing? I doubt it. I, I, I really, really doubt it. And uh, I think that was just WWE trying to push her. Uh, and trying to use her to to the best of her ability because I didn't think that they didn't want to put her as a manager again. You know, we saw what happened with Lashley and how that all worked out. But 
I think uh, they wanted to get her in ring and try to do something with her. Obviously, didn't work. And now uh, they moved on, and she can move on to AEW. And th- th- that's the only one I have definitive on this whole list of all these people because everyone is up in the air. Uh, I think maybe one other person is definitive where I think they'll go next. But uh, there's undoubt, no zero doubts in my mind that the next place we see Lana is AEW. Moving on, Ruby Riot. And this is sad given Riot was put through the endless ringer of trying to be a successful tag team with the Riot Squad. At one point they were around WrestleMania 34, but it, they just couldn't break through as time went on and on and on. And uh, a lot of issues going the way of the Riot Squad, whether it was releases, whether it was injuries and things of that nature. She worked the indies under the ring name uh, Heidi Lovelace. Undoubtedly talented with the ability to portray a very aggressive gimmick. She can be successful elsewhere, but I can't think of a good fit because of her gimmick being already used in AEW and Impact at the moment. I don't think either company is calling right away on Ruby Wright, to be honest with you either. So it could be some time before we see her again. And uh, I'm curious on what on what she does on the, does next Ruby Wright because I think she just bites at whatever calls first. And just goes and runs with it. And I think she'll be successful wherever she goes. But it's a shame with the WWE. Given the fact of everything she's went through for the past four years with Riot Squad. Never reaching full potential. Because at one point, one of the top women factions in uh, WWE. And now, obviously, nowhere near it. Very, very close to the bottom. And now completely gone. Given that she's gone as well. Also, another question. What's going to happen to Liv Morgan in this case? Given that Riot Squad is over. And I'm very surprised Liv Morgan is not on this list, not in a bad way. I'm not dissing Liv Morgan here in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, WWE has to have something for her or at least a glimmer of an idea for Liv Morgan, given the fact that she's not released with Ruby Riot in this case. Given that they were a tag team together, you would assume they would go out at the same time. But I really hope for Liv Morgan's sake, and I'm rooting for her every, every step of the way, that she makes the most of now a singles opportunity that she has going forward. Moving on to our next person, Buddy Murphy. Similar to Aleister Black, talent through the roof for Buddy Murphy. You can go back to before the start of the pandemic and watch the three matches Murphy and Black had against each other on Raw. All three of those matches show stealers and something you, you can't take away from them because those three, those three matches were absolutely fantastic, especially the first two. Fantastic. Through the roof. And like you could put that on a resume, uh, the, those three matches for Buddy Murphy. Put that on your reel if you had those in professional wrestling, you know, get on your tapes. And uh and you know, send those out and let, let people know that what what you can you do on such a grand stage. Still still episodes of Monday Night Raw for you and 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 Alistair Black. Fantastic. I uh, used to go underneath the ring name Matt Silva. It, that was his indie name before the WWE, where he found success down in uh down under in Australia. I see Murphy and Black almost on the same level, to be honest with you. Maybe Black a little bit higher given his NXT history. AEW, Impact, MLW, NWA, all making calls, but don't expect anything soon from any of the names given the list of, uh, given on, on this list, given the 90 day no compete clause, which would end in late July, early September, if uh, the release started on uh, June 2nd, if that, that was the day for everybody here. Santana Garrett. Is the next name on this list. Uh, 
Garrett was with the WWE for a long time, since 2013, as an enhancement talent and was officially signed to a contract, I believe, in August of 2019. Uh, Santana was last seen entering the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble at number 12, eliminated by Rhea Ripley. I would say Impact here, and this is the only other name on this list where I could almost give a, I wouldn't say a definitive answer for Santana Garrett, but there's a pretty good shot for Garrett. I would say Impact here uh, would give her a call again, given she worked for them back in uh, 2010, and even most recently in 2017 at a Knockouts Knockdown. So it, that could work out for Santana Garrett, given she has a connection there. But for Buddy Murphy, Ruby Riot. Alistair Black and Stro especially Strowman. Now a lot of these guys haven't worked other places other than the independent circuit uh, where that's gonna they don't have connections from the past that are gonna help them out, you know. Eric Young, when he was released, he had a connection to the past. I mean when a lot of these guys got released, they had a connection to the past that helped them move forward. Uh, and usually that's how some things kind of stand. Like, oh, you could re revive your career where you once started. So a lot of these guys don't have that because once where they once started and where they started was either the independent circuit or the WWE itself, which in Braun Strowman's case it was. It was in the WWE. So, and Strowman once again burning all his bridges. Uh, very surprising to see Strowman taken and released from the WWE. Uh, given the fact that also he was in the last, in the most recent pay-per-view in WrestleMania Backlash, he was going for the WWE Championship against Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, and now gone, just gone, straight up. We have to continue the conversation here into a bigger conversation that might be coming from this, and that is if Vince McMahon is selling the WWE. When I say selling, I mean Vince is out and WWE would be in the hands of companies possibly of NBC, Disney, Fox, Universal. I couldn't imagine a world where that happens. It honestly disgusts me a bit. It makes me want to vomit a little bit thinking about it. And not from a, a social perspective because I'm sure it would be great for the superstars to get all the benefits in the world and everything like that. You know, they, they won't be considered independent contractors anymore. They'll be working for Disney. They'll be working for Fox. They'll be making money like that. You know, it, it'll be a completely different um, cultural type of idea. But I just can't imagine WWE and a Disney logo being slapped next to each other. Uh, yes, can it be great for the WWE? Sure. But it's very dependent on who the owner is. And who they may be, how hands on, how hands on are they? You know, are they in the creative room? Are they the ones writing the stories here? Is Disney the one writing stories here, or are we still having our producers from the past? You know, this is all speculation right now, and this is all just talk. This is me just talking shop. But all the stars are aligning for possibly one of the most impactful moments in pro wrestling history: Vince McMahon selling the WWE. To blank. Vince McMahon selling the WWE to Disney. Vince McMahon selling the WWE to NBC. And we've seen bits and pieces of it already. The network being sold off to NBC, Peacock, NBC Universal in, in that whole for the next five years. Vince McMahon landing a deal with Fox for Friday Night SmackDown. Obviously, Fox is is different in this case, given that it's just a television deal. But now imagine if Fox had complete ownership of the WWE and Vince is at the door. How different, how different would the world of professional wrestling be? How, uh, even, yes, as the world of professional wrestling as the whole, because WWE is the face of it all. 
you know? We, it would be a, a complete game changer for everything, and it would be one of the most impactful moments in pro wrestling history. If I get to cover this, if you get to live through this, this would be something absolutely mind-boggling. But as of right now, it's all speculation and all just conversation, all just talking shop at the barbershop. You know, this is all just me speaking, but the stars are aligning. The internet wrestling community is realizing what could be possibly going down with the release of these names. And uh, it's let's say it's not out of the realm of possibility. Something could be coming big soon. And uh, that's something big could be Vince McMahon selling the WWE. That's all for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.